Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. When you are saying that Cuomo did better on COVID than Florida did, you are revealing yourself to just be full of it. Nobody believes that. And you know why? And you know why I know that? Because I remember in 2020 and 2021 when he was praising Florida for being open, saying we did it much better than New York and Michigan and everyone was coming to Florida and that we were one of the great governors in the United States. And he used to say that all the time. Now, all of a sudden, his tune is changing. And I would just tell people, do you find it credible? Do you honestly find it credible? Would you have rather been in New York during COVID under Cuomo regime? Or would you rather have been in the free state of Florida? That's Governor Ron DeSantis, of course, talking about Donald Trump. And he is correct. It is a ridiculous commentary coming from Trump. And he has good commentaries to make. He does have a record he can run on. He could focus saying that that DeSantis did a terrible job with COVID just doesn't work. That cake is baked. He cannot make it go another way. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. That's the number. That's how you get to be a part of the show. Trump should focus on things that work. This one doesn't. And he gets to say to Trump, you're full of it. Now, you'll note he didn't say, Trump, you're full of it. What he said was, well, not direct. That Cuomo did better on COVID than Florida did. You are revealing yourself to just be full of it. He should be saying Trump is full of it. If you're going to hit, hit. That's my point. Don't be too cute by half. Man, do I hate too cute by half. I've got a whole story about too cute by half, and, and I, don't know, I don't know if I want to get into it. I don't know if I want to get into it right now, or I want to wait. You know I'm going to get into it. I can't. I'm not going to be able to. I'm not going to be able to help myself. I'm going, I'm going to get uh, into it. Uh, there is an update as... Um, the news has been coming out that when it comes to this sub, they have found a debris field. The um, A deep sea uh, vehicle uh, discovered a debris field near the wreck of the Titanic. So if there is a debris field, it's a question of what is it from? And if it's from this submersible where these people went to go look at the uh, um, at the Titanic wreckage, it is possible that the entire sub imploded from the pressure. Um, it's it's pretty awful in its thought. It really is just a horrific thought. That said. This is the latest. This is where we're at. And and I'm telling you, the people who are like, um, serves them right, I don't know what to say. Admittedly, 
They went, they signed the waivers, they knew what they were getting into, they knew the whole thing. But they died. I mean, it seems pretty obvious at this stage of the game that they died. I don't know, someone's going to show me a miracle? I'm, I'm all ears. I'm nothing but all ears. But this debris field that they have uh, found, this remotely operated vehicle, ROV, uh, found a debris field uh, as they have been uh, searching. Experts within the Unified Command are evaluating the information, which means, hey, do we know what this is from? And if we know what this is from, let's make sure we got all our ducks in a row before we tell everybody what's what. Really ugly story. This ugly story I bring you next has to do with my beloved Indiana and Indianapolis. And a story from the Indy Star, which is not what we consider a uh, great organization. I would consider them an unserious news organization in the main. When they decide to do serious news, man, they can do it great. The whole Larry Nasser story, the doctor who was not serving the female gymnasts of, of U.S. Olympic team and, and sexually abusing them, that was them. That was, uh, that was Moms for Liberty. Uh, that, that, that was the Indy Star. In this case, talking about a group called Moms for Liberty, not so much. There is a chapter of Moms for Liberty, which is this group out there and talking about education, what's going on with their kids and wanting to make sure that uh, they know what's going on. Uh, There's a chapter in Hamilton County, north of Indianapolis, and they put out a newsletter. And in the newsletter, they put a quote, he alone who owns the youth gains the future. As a quote, as attributed to Hitler. Now, if you know me at all, you know that I despise the use of the Holocaust and of Hitler as a political crutch. A way for people to somehow think that they're being intellectual. I further despise it because it is a way of denigrating the Holocaust itself. When people call this one a Nazi and that one a Nazi and the other one a Nazi, they're actually denigrating what the Nazis did as if somehow it was either no big deal or, you know, it's just like like Republicans being opposed to a piece of legislation. It's just like the Nazis. No, it's not. And you're a holy damn fool if you believe that crap. I brought this up on my on my morning show. And I, I said the same thing that I always say. This is a ridiculously bad idea. And Moms for Liberty in Hamilton County, Indiana, should not have done it. There's no win. The only thing you do is get people crazy. It is too cute by half. Don't do it. I have made the argument repeatedly that when we take a look at what's going on in education, when you take a look at the way multiple people go about this idea that parents can't know what's happening with their kids. We keep information from parents, like what's going on with kids' gender and the rest. By the way, kids can't change their gender. They're just, they're, it's not something that can be done. We're talking about the abuse that adults are putting on children. 
when you talk about uh, calling parents domestic terrorists and all of this invented in a way, created in a way to try and cleave the parent from the child. Remember, these people don't believe that, that, that parents should have rights in so many ways. Oh, the parent is the problem, don't you know? The parent isn't the problem. We actually need more parents, better parents, stronger parents. We need parents to continue to stand up because there are a lot of already strong parents out there. We see this cleaving away. We see this uh, belief that oh, parents can't have a say in their kids' education. They're not experts. We went to school. Parents are always the decision maker, and teachers are lucky to have a job. Now, some teachers might get mad at me for saying that, but I can't worry about it. Every teacher's union has to be broken in two. They have failed us. They have failed the kids. They only exist for the radicals amongst them, and they have to be broken. They cannot have our money anymore. I've argued this clearly. You've noticed I've been able to do so without invoking Hitler. Moms for Liberty, Hamilton County, was just wrong in doing so. It's a terrible mistake. The Indianapolis Star wants to get into a conversation of just how awful this is. And this is, they're quoting Nazis and oh, they must be Nazis. Of course they're not saying that. Everybody knows that that's not what they're saying. A statement as uh, reported by the Indy Star says, we condemn Adolf Hitler's actions and his dark place in history. We should not have quoted him in our newsletter and express our deepest apology. Shouldn't have done that. You you should not have uh, quoted him. It won't help your cause. It's too cute by half. Now we get into where the politicos have gone with this. There is a state senator by the name of J.D. Ford. I'm absolutely outraged to know that the vast majority of community members feel the same way. There is no place, he tweets, for hate in our home. Our community and kids deserve better. What hate are you talking about? It was a quote. It wasn't well done, but what hate are you talking about? These parents are talking about what's happening to their kids. And you, a state senator, don't seem to worry about that. He, he writes that he's outraged. Are you outraged when parents are called domestic terrorists? Are you outraged? When they're called domestic terrorists for asking about what's going on with their kids, are you outraged by the Southern Poverty Law Center? Labeling Moms for Liberty as an extremist group. The same Southern Poverty Law Center that has been sued for defamation. The same Southern Poverty Law Center that paid out over $3 million for falsely naming people as anti-Muslim extremists. Are you really outraged or are you selectively outraged, Senator Ford? And the answer is, we all know what the answer is. Selectively outraged. It was a dumb thing to put in a newsletter. It's despicable what is happening to kids at the hands of so-called experts. It's despicable the way parents are being treated, and they are damn right to organize and fight back. In Carmel, Indiana, where I live, 
There's a Democrat running for mayor by the name of Miles Nelson, who, of course, put this out there and wrote, as a man of devout Jewish faith and a parent concerned about our kids' education, this hate speech has no place in our community. I'm hopeful my opponent will condemn the organization using this inflammatory rhetoric of the former Nazi leader. It is not upon the Republican candidate, Sue Finkham, to have to condemn somebody because Miles Nelson thinks that this is hate speech. Miles Nelson is wrong. And as a Jewish man, and let me say, quite possibly the most well-known Jewish man in the state of Indiana, I'm not going to let you sit here and say, as a Jewish man, as if somehow that holds water. This isn't hate speech. Never mind that hate speech doesn't exist, but you don't get to claim some level of injury because someone does something dumb. You need to be stronger than that. And if you think you could get elected as mayor of my town with that level of weakness, you're out of your damn head. Are you nuts? Sue Finkham should state clearly, this should not be in a newsletter. But parents have rights, and I support the right of parents to know what's going on with their kids' education. If Sue Finkham has a mind, she's running for mayor in Carmel as a Republican, she would say exactly that. This hate speech has no place in our community? It wasn't hate speech. It was foolhardy. It should not have been done. It wasn't necessary. It screws up your message. All those things are true. It's not hate speech. And what this says to me, Miles Nelson, is that you're unserious about leading Carmel. You're a political creature. You're not a rational creature. And Carmel, Indiana needs rational people to lead them for the next 20 years. You ain't it. Because you couldn't figure out that Hitler wasn't about you. And this is where it gets all crazy. Well, well, what the hell was it about, Tony? It was about someone being too cute by half. It was about someone saying, you see, they're trying to control the kids. Hitler tried to do that. It never works. You don't go about trying to make the connection. You're not smarter than everybody else. It's just dumb. When a state representative by the name of Jim Lucas engaged in something like this, I called him a schmuck. And then, of course, it was subtweet after subtweet. I don't care. I am consistent in my conversations. And as uh, some chick is pointing out on Twitter, those who forget history are doomed to repeat it. I'm not arguing forgetting. I am arguing that utilized as a political tool, it is a valueless proposition that defeats your message as opposed to uplifts it. And I hate an unforced error. I hate it. You know what I hate more? Guys like Miles Nelson who want to claim injury from it. As opposed to saying, I think this was really an ugly quote to use, shame on you. That would have been it. But no, my opponent has to do this. And as a Jewish man, I get to say that. Shut up. If you are damaged by this from Moms for Liberty, you don't have the possibility of leading a city. I'm not sure you could get home from a walk without a GPS telling you where to go. And I'll tell it to you direct. Stop it. Stop being silly. 
Jennifer McCormick is running for governor as a Democrat. She was a Republican and was the superintendent of public instruction. What does she say about it? Quoting or adding on to Miles Nelson, who's running for Carmel mayor as a Democrat, quote, there is no place for there is no place for hate speech or for organizations who use it in Indiana or elsewhere. We need Indiana leaders who will speak up and speak out against such messaging. Jennifer McCormick, it's not hate speech. Are you a child? It was foolhardy. It was dumb. It was unnecessary. It was a mistake. It was an unforced error. It's too cute by half. It clouds their message. Don't do it. Do not use the Holocaust as your political prop. Hate speech? You don't know how to read. How the hell were you the superintendent of public instruction? You can't read. And disqualified from being governor of the state of Indiana. This is why I need a vacation. We don't have rationality. We've got ridiculous, silly, nonsense people who think they're making a statement. If everyone could just be normal for like five minutes, that would be great. I'm Tony Katz. I had search. I had to search far and wide, but finally, I found at least one good story going on in the country. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Celebrity chef John Mountain bans vegans from restaurant, tells them to blank off. Yes, 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 yes. Finally. (sighs) See, some good things going on. He is a British chef named Johnny Mountain. He was on a show with the BBC called The Great British Menu. Top British chefs compete against each other and are scored by a panel of acclaimed judges for the chance to cook one course of a four-course banquet. He has said, sadly, all vegans are now banned from fire. That's his uh, restaurant. For mental health reasons, we thank you for understanding... XX, which is, is X's hugs or is X's kisses? XOXO is hugs and kisses. I'm assuming the X's are hugs. And then uh, he says, uh, yep, I'm done. Hashtag vegan, hashtag not. Hashtag please go elsewhere. Hashtag vegan free zone. Hashtag no more vegans, which I assume that's all going to end up on a T-shirt shortly. Um, he, I guess, had some people coming in that wanted some vegan things. He's like, I've gotten yoki, right? Potato dumplings, if, if, if you will. And then it was a busy night and they forgot something or whatever it is. And he's like, ah, I don't need this. And he's getting a bunch of negative reviews. He's like, blank the vegan. Seriously, I'm done. At the end of the day, it's not what I want to do. They can blank off. This is the start and we have seen a couple of items here and there this is the start this is about people saying we've had enough we're not interested in your crazy we are not going to 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 buy in we're gonna go live our lives you be nuts we don't care oh it's so pleasing it is so incredibly pleasing to see people say enough is enough.
thrilled. I've got more of my interview with Mike Pence to share with you. You got the Pacers going for the draft, and unfortunately, I've got some more Dick Durbin to give you. This is Tony Katz today. The NBA draft. That's tonight, people. That's what's happening. And the Pacers, they're making trades. It's just a question of if they make any sense. Tony Katz, good to be with you. And then, of course, 2024, the NBA All-Star Game in Indianapolis. And they're going to open up Lucas Oil Stadium and play there. It's going to be crazy. I mean, they're only playing some things there. Uh, They want to be able to bring the crowd and maximize the dollars. I don't know if it'll be as good of an experience as uh, as opposed to Gamebridge Fieldhouse for those other events. But they're not wrong for trying, in my view. JMB joins us from 93.5-1075, the fan. He is the voice of sports in Indiana. This trade between the Pacers and the Nuggets, this is a draft pick uh, trade. What in the world are the Nuggets looking for that the Pacers thought it was worthy of giving up some picks now to get a first-round pick in 2024? Well, frankly speaking, Tony, the Pacers just have way too many picks um, here. They're going to have to unload some of them, and whether or not that's you know creating leverage for their roster and their team maintenance-wise this year, or if you're looking, you know, coming up for a little bit of, of uh, leverage next year in the draft, which I guess evidently they did with that uh, first-round pick that they're going to get, which is uh, predicated on like 19,000 different things that haven't happened yet, but it's going to be a first-round pick nonetheless. But here's why Denver did it is because Bruce Brown is a backup point guard on their team. Um, he is an unrestricted free agent. They want to keep him. They don't know if they're going to be able to keep him. So what they did is they climbed back into the first round, of the, the end of the first round of the draft, and then the early second round of the draft to try to fill the void or fill the gap there if he decides to go someplace else or they believe he's going to go someplace else. So they're trying to protect themselves there. The Pacers, meanwhile, are just trying to position themselves for, you know, maybe what might be a deal. I, I'm kind of hoping for this, and I don't know if we're going to get it later on tonight. I'm looking for an oh, wow. I would love for them to come away somehow, some way, with an already established wing player. I still say they're going to draft at number seven and probably draft a player there, but I'd love to see them finagle their way in there somehow, some way, Tony, and maybe pick up some already established wing player, which this team roster-wise – especially on both ends, offensively and defensively, Tony, is so incredibly important. Tonight's a big night for that squad. There's no doubt about it. Go uh, bring it down a a little bit. Bring it more base. Wing player. Describe actually what you mean and who you're looking at. Uh, Wing player is, as you saw a year ago, the Pacers could score 135 in a game, but they would lose 138 to 135. They need to add – some defensive prowess somehow, some way, with some scoring on the wing, three-point shooting on the wing. And while they have some guys in the draft, Tony, coming out at number seven that maybe further down the road can become that, to me, I think they need it now. And I believe they also know they need it now because this team is ahead of what they thought the schedule was going to be around this time last year. A wing player would be like O.G. Ananobi, for example, the former IU player, Tony, 
of the Toronto Raptors. They're making major changes there. His availability seems to be out there. So it would be like him. DeAndre Hunter is a wing player that would fit that both offensively and defensively. Can shoot the three in Atlanta. Uh, Tobias Harris of Philadelphia is another name that's been mentioned. Dorian Finney-Smith, a little bit less of an offensive prowess player, but a really good defensive player on the wing. Players like that, to me, already established is what they should be looking for beyond drafting at number seven later on tonight. We'll see if they can do it. Talking to JMV from 93.5, 107.5, the fan, the voice of sports in Indiana. Um, this this draft, uh, this team, the, the these Pacers, uh, how much more rebuilding is necessary? You're high on, on these guys. I've, I've heard you talk about it, talk about the opportunities uh, that, that are there. But Indianapolis, Indiana as a whole, can't handle much more rebuilding from the Pacers, from the Colts. They need teams that are actually going to go out and play, compete, get into playoffs, and at least make things exciting. How close are the Pacers to being that team? Tony, you and I are on the same page with this, too. I get sick and tired of talking about trade assets and leverage and what might be two and three years down the road. I'm ready to get it going right now, too. We saw last December with this Pacer team that they have that core in them to be a good team led by Tyrese Halliburton, somebody we talked to on race day, if you remember. And he's ready to win right now, too. This is a team, Tony, that should bust in to the postseason should be a playoff worthy team not in the play-in but a playoff worthy team that's where i'm going to set the expectations and that's why this offseason is huge whether we're talking about the draft later on tonight or what is still to come in free agency for them but this should be with their core and what we witnessed certainly for a month last year and who they're led by with tyrese halliburton a playoff team next year not to play off play-in situation but a playoff team that's my expectations and i think that should be yours and everybody's out there because we need to expedite the process a little bit winning's been hard to come by around here for our professional teams and i know you are as well as i am we're ready to see a little bit of the fruits of the labor working out here with this pacer team no doubt you brought up free agency you've brought it up a couple of times is this a team that has the money to spend and if there is a free agency move for the pacers who is it? What do you want to see? Yeah, this may be a little bit overblown for me, Tony, because uh, you and I sat with Tyrese Halliburton at race day, very engaging dude, and somebody you'd want to lead your team, not to mention he's incredibly talented. Um, I, I think now more than ever, and, and this could be more of a pipe dream of mine than it is actually reality, I think now more than ever, though, that free agents, for example, wouldn't mind to come here and play. Now that Indiana would be more attractive as a destination for players where this destination hasn't been that attractive in the past. But as you're talking about right here, wing players. Wing players that I brought up with those names a little bit earlier, guys that can do it on both ends, guys that can shoot the three. We're in an era of the NBA really on all levels where the three-point shooting prowess is what you hang your hat on. you got to play a little bit of defense. And, Tony, watch out for this, too. You may have too many big men. you got Isaiah Jackson and you got Jalen Smith. There's probably going to be an odd man out here, I would imagine, with Miles Turner established with that extension. Um, so we'll see if one or two of those guys may end up being moved. 
And what the Pacers have done is create for themselves some flexibility. They have money to spend in free agency if they so desire. They have flexibility to move around and trade, whether it's for draft capital or if it's for the betterment of their team here in the now. They have as much flexibility, Tony, this Pacer team does going into tonight as any team in the NBA has right now. I'm looking for an oh-wow. Hopefully I'm not let down. I'm looking for an oh-wow type of night for the Pacers. So so give me a, a name. If, if you're going to get oh-wow, in tonight's yeah. draft, what is what is the pick that the Pacers make that make you go, oh wow, or hot diggity, or any other terminology? Well, I, mean, I, I think what they're going to do is go Jarris Walker. Jarris Walker, he's up another wing guy. I've been talking about six foot eight, two hundred twenty five pounds out of Houston. He's ready made. I think to give them a little bit of help right now. He's got muscle mass, strength, athleticism. He has played D at Houston. Really high-level D in college. I think that translates. He can shoot maybe not as well as some of the others there, but Jarris Walker is the guy I believe the Pacers are going to draft at number seven later on tonight, and I think a really good fit for this team moving forward. And Houston had a heck of a team. They uh, did. This past no year right there. And you've got to play defense for Kelvin Sampson, Tony, too. He played defense. There's no question. JMV, 93.5, The Fan in Indianapolis. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. More to get to and find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today. Riley Gaines is doing some absolutely incredible work. I mean, incredible. You want to talk about what fearless actually is going up against culture, going up against uh, political establishment, going up uh, against the radicalness coming at her. How dare you, you bigot, getting screamed at, yelled at, attacked for for what? Getting yelled at for saying that men are not women and women are not men and that men should not compete in women's sports. It isn't right. She had to go up against Leah Thomas. Call yourself Leah all you want. Leah Thomas is a man. And Riley Gaines is standing up to this, getting vilified for it. She is doing incredible work. You want an actual role model for women in America? There you go. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. You find it all at TonyKatz.com. You can be a part of what we're building over there. Subscribe if you like. I'd greatly appreciate it. She's on Capitol Hill. She's a witness for a hearing on LGBTQ civil rights. There's a hearing for this? There's a hearing for civil rights for a political organization? Because that's exactly what it is. This is exactly the kind of nonsense that is just beneath all of us as American citizens. You are a grown man. You want to live your life a certain way. You're a grown woman. You want to live your life a certain way. I do not get to stop you. And as a matter of fact, no one in the main, because I got to assume somebody's always having some conversation somewhere. There's two sides of the bell curve, right? No one's been having that conversation about trying to stop anybody from living their life. You're a man and you want to call yourself Shirley and you want to wear this. You want to feel free. But when we're talking about kids, it's a fundamentally different subject. And what the political left is saying, what these groups are saying is, how dare you? What do you mean, how dare we? That's, that's how it works. We don't include children in these things. We don't attack children. We don't use children as political pawns. We don't use them as human shields. We don't do that. That's the stuff of ISIS and the Taliban, man. We don't do that. 
But now it's, oh, children can determine their gender and you have to affirm it. Otherwise, and we've had the whole conversation more than once. Now, now it's saying that not only do you have to let people do what they want, which I was fine with, now you have to let them impact other people and they shouldn't be able to have a say. And this is, of course, men and women's sports and boys and girls sports. No one wants to stand up for these girls. No one wants to stand up for these women. I shouldn't say no one. Riley Gaines is doing it. I know here I'm doing it, and I know that there are many of you absolutely doing it. So we shouldn't say no one. But all of a sudden, Riley Gaines is the bad person? Standing up for women is is a bad thing to do? These misogynists are something else, and they are misogynists, and they engage in a level of emotional blackmail. Dick Durbin... A man most aptly named the senator from Illinois, heading up this hearing, stated at this point, I'd like to remind our colleagues, our children listening, and they are in danger. Our children are listening and they are in danger. In fact, today, transgender youth are among the most at risk of homelessness, depression and death by suicide. So when these young people who are already struggling here, politicians amplify hateful rhetoric that denies their very existence, what message does it send? Question mark. First, this is how deluded and despicable Dick Durbin is. You're talking about children who are either mentally ill or are confused. Who is doing this confusing? You think that all of a sudden, every kid out there is questioning whether or not they're a boy or a girl? Or is there a push very aggressively made, may I add, trying to confuse kids and push them into something that they don't actually understand because how could they? They are children. In what society do we say a four-year-old decides this and everybody goes along with it? In what society do we say that parents don't get to be parents and help their kids through moments where they grow out of things, which happens very, very often, and the data shows this, and instead pushes them into things like puberty blockers or hormones or other chemicals and then surgeries to mutilate them? What society does this? And who would ever think that we let a kid make this call? The argument that Dick Durbin is making that if you say anything against what I'm talking about, you're leading children to suicide is emotional blackmail and no one should buy into it. It is a disgusting, despicable, awful, terrible thing to say. Shame on Dick Durbin, Senator Durbin. Shame on the people who are aligned with him. Because this is beyond bullying. This is gross. And this is the kind of thing that's used against parents. Used against parents to get them to acquiesce forces them into fear or you have states like washington state or california which say and want to say that if you don't allow your child to go forward with wait for it feel the air quotes gender affirming care you lose your kid the state actively working against the parent the objective is to cleave the parent from the child we've said it here many times these are the facts and they're telling you that Don't let the parent be the parent. Let the state be the parent. The parent is only there to breed. Make the babies and we'll take care of the rest. It's disgusting. Riley Gaines is part of this panel. And she says to Senator Durbin in your opening statement, I'm quoting, you had mentioned this rhetoric. You had mentioned what message does it send to trans individuals? And my comeback to that is what message does this send to women, to young girls who are denied of these opportunities? That's her her quote. And of course they're being denied everywhere. 
everywhere they're being denied. And there are people out there who want to somehow pretend that there aren't differences between men and women and boys and girls in sports. Here's the question being asked by Louisiana Senator John Kennedy. Women you don't believe that, that a biological male has a physical advantage in sports over a biological female? Not as a, a definitive statement. Give me an example. Well, no, I, I don't think. How, how, how many female members of the NBA do you see? Well, I can say that, you know, there's been this news article about men that think that they could beat Serena Williams in tennis, right? That they think that they could actually score a point on her. Um, and it's just not the case. She is stronger James, than that. What's your experience, Ben? Male, female. Both Serena and Venus lost to the 203rd ranked male tennis player, which they're phenoms for women. Um, my experience, my husband, he swam at University of Kentucky as well. In terms of accolades and in terms of national ranking, I was a much better swimmer than him. Um, he could kick my butt any day of the week without trying. The facts are the facts, and it doesn't make women less than. It's just reality. Men are not women and women are not men. And men, in the vast majority of cases, will beat women in every sport that involves strength or speed. Just will. And you're telling these women to take a back seat to men under the guise of fairness. No, ladies, don't take a back seat to nobody. To no one. Riley Gaines is doing absolutely incredible work. Honest, forthright, direct, and it's interesting uh, uh, her talking about going up against the 200-something ranked player. Wasn't it the women's national team that went up against the Wrexham team in, in, in soccer, the team owned by uh, uh, Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney? Uh, the, the best women going up against them. They lost, what, 12 to nothing? The women lost 12 to nothing. That doesn't mean they're not good soccer players. It means there's a physical difference and it cannot be denied, so stop denying it. And when people like Senator Dick Durbin try to emotionally blackmail you, tell them to go to hell. Don't fall for it. And if you have kids, look, your kids may be going through something, a lot of the social pressures. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm sorry you have to go through it. Keep loving your kid. Keep working with your kid. But don't let these politicos push you or badger you into anything. You're in charge. Go be a good parent. I'm Tony Katz. 